Hey guys, what's up? It's Faith, your favorite podcast host. And today I am going to be discussing Amelia Earhart's love life. I figured I would might as well make this into its own mini podcast. And today I have a special guest. Everybody welcome Maddie. Hello. It's me. So Maddie, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into the meat of this podcast? I am a midity maddity, slightly suitity saddity, and uh, but slightly more happy than I now on this podcast. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Go to Purdue with faith, and that's all you really need to know. Excellent. Sounds great. Okay, so the m- main reason that I wanted to discuss this on a like separate podcast was just because there's a lot of interesting things interesting things like a lot of theories about amelia's love life because she she did try to keep it more private i guess tried to try to that's why we're here that is why we're here we are the nosy gossiping people who want to know more about her life that was private at the time well also though along with that we'll get into this later but she eventually marries george p putnam and he was a publicist and also had Four wives. Oh, guess we have to take a shot. Let's go. Should we explain this? Yeah, we should explain this, shouldn't we? So we have um, been pre-talking about this topic. uh, Pre-talking. Pre-talking before the podcast. (laughs) We decided that every time that we mentioned George Putnam's four wives that we should take a shot of milk. Don't worry, all child-friendly drinks here. Non-alcoholic milk. Non-alcoholic milk today. Back to Amelia. By the time she was 26, she was engaged. And not to the man she married. Wild. Whoa. So, um, I don't really know much about her first engagement. There's just not that much out there. He clearly wasn't a publicist. In fact, he was a chemical engineer. His name was Sam Chapman. Possibly Samuel. Who's to say? Um, But she kept deferring... The wedding date, and she didn't want to wear her engagement ring either, which I don't know. Gentlemen out there, if she's not wearing the ring you gave her, she might not be interested in you. Just a hint. It's a suspicious, you know, just a... Yeah. As, uh, yes. So anyways, <laughs> um, she eventually did break off that engagement, and I think she just had this fear of being tied down. And she often, like, wrote about marriage as, like, being a cage. So um, I'm not sure if that was just her independent free spirit or if it was a reflection on the marital expectations, I guess, of the time where women just felt like they were not an individual but just an extension of their husbands at the time or something. Mm-hmm. She had been like learning to fly and taking lessons, buying her planes, everything, all of that. And then she ran into financial struggles. So all of that happened in California. She came up on hard times. She became a social worker in Boston. And this is where the grandson of the famous publisher Putnam, whose name was also Putnam, George P. Putnam. Potiphar. (laughs) Potiphar. (laughs) Um, I don't know why that's going to be a joke, but it's definitely going to be a joke on this podcast. So strap in tight. (laughs) But that's where he found her. So background for George. 
As I said, he was the grandson of a famous publisher. He had made it big with his book called We, not O-U-I, not French, but like the plural of a single person, but like multiple people. We. The plural of a single person. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Is this all sense. one person? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that book was about Charles Lindbergh and his flight across um, the Atlantic Ocean. So Putnam was kind of in this mm, field of aviators, I guess, writing about them, making it big in that business. Kind of a niche business, if you ask me. And he was looking around, trying to find a woman who could fly across the Atlantic because there were these two men who were planning on flying across the Atlantic and they needed a navigator. Basically, they needed a token female so that Putnam could make headlines and be like, look, a woman can do this. Ho ho. Women, am I right? And so he found Amelia that way and she was like not really into this whole being the token female but also was hard up on money, so she did it anyways, I guess. The first time that they met was about this, um, the possibility of her doing this flight. Shall we say it did not go well? Nobody, nobody. At first. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. So, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Got you there. So, um, he left her waiting outside his office for like an hour before the meeting. And then throughout the entire meeting, he kept taking phone calls and Amelia remembers him being just like very rude and brusque. But by the, despite his like very rude attitude, he was like sold. He was like, yes, this woman is going to make big money for me. She's going to be, she's slim. She has the bobbed haircut. She even looks kind of like Charles Lindbergh. She is the woman that fits the picture and she can be famous and she will make me famous also. And by the end of the meeting, I guess Amelia's attitude or opinion of him had changed and she said that she started to respect him, I guess, um, and just his like business savviness. And his money. And his money. Probably. (laughs) Probably. So anyways, she went ahead and did her non-solo flight across the Atlantic with um, the two other men. So after her trip across the Atlantic, uh, George P. Putnam invited Amelia to stay with him and his wife, Dorothy Biner, um, at their home in New York. And that was in order so that they could write a book together about her flight. And because little did he know they were writing their love story as they were writing oh, the book. Whoa. Yes, there was a lot of juicy rumors going around juicy. about that stay with Amelia and George, which two years before this happened, um, there was a well-documented account of Dorothy's long affair with some other chap, 19 years her junior. She, Dorothy and Amelia were actually like friends. So yeah, like some really juicy stuff going on. I guess, so like people assumed or speculated that George left his wife to be with Amelia. I it was actually very much the opposite where Dorothy took the opportunity of George being distracted by this other woman to get out of an unhappy marriage, I think, as what they portray it as. Anyways, I mean, she was the one sleeping around first, so don't feel too bad for her, maybe, I guess. Um, but 
George Putnam, I don't know. What do you think, Maddie? Like, do you think he actually cared about Amelia or do you think that he just wanted publicity? Or like, almost like... My thing with Potiphar is, I think that Amelia was 10 years younger than him. That's as well. true, we haven't mentioned that yet. And I think he was phased a little bit by her young beauty mm. and also the fact that he could bring her money because mm-hmm. we all know Potiphar loves money. We we all know. <laughs> we all know this. <laughs> clearly. I know. I was around back then. I knew Potiphar. <sighs> Good. And his money. And I think all four of his wives knew about his oh. money as well. His four wives, you say. Why they came around, because if he was this dull of a person, who, what, what woman wants to marry somebody that much older than him? And not, not necessarily 10 years. 10 years is decent. Yeah. Kind of, you're like, hmm, that's a little interesting. But his next wife. Well, here's the thing. I wonder, though, if, like, he pursued her because she was so, like, adamant against marriage, right? Because. love a game. Yeah. Yeah, like he proposed to her at least three times. Some mm-hmm. places say six, and she refused the first two or five times. Mm-hmm. And it takes like some kind of person to be that tenacious to about propose a seventh time, six, six, sixth time. So yeah, um, so Putnam and his wife Dorothy divorced. And they divorced in 1928, I want to say. And Putnam and Amelia didn't marry until 1931. And it was like, there was a time that they like got a marriage certificate and they almost got married. And then Amelia like got cold feet at the very last second. was like, I can't, I don't want to do this. Which, I mean, say what you will about Putnam, but he was very like gracious and considerate about the way he like handled her not committing to marriage. Mm -hmm. But they did end up having, like, a very small wedding eventually where it was just the two of them and then some lawyer, I think, and um, Putnam's mother. And, yeah, it was very small. So his they had that small ceremony, and the report of it said that Amelia was, like, sitting down on the couch talking to, like, the lawyer guy. And then they had the five-minute ceremony, and then she just, like, sat back down on the couch and resumed her conversation with him. Which is, like, such a weird way to have a, a wedding. move, but also in a very weird way for a wedding. Yeah. Yes. Like, what kind of person isn't like- talking to their future husband, gets married, and then doesn't talk to their husband-husband? Their husband-husband as opposed to their... Future husband. Future husband. Yes. Weird vibes. Really weird vibes. So, like... I feel I like I never know. realized how strange Amelia was until yeah. like, when you've started talking about it. Because I'm always like, oh, she's this great person, and then she just went missing. Yeah. But then Amelia's a little bit odd herself. Well, right. And she did a lot of things where, which were very countercultural, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially at the time. Mm-hmm. Just very different from her times that she lived in. So Amelia telegraphed her sister Muriel and was like... So we're married now, break the news gently to mother. And then Putnam, on the other hand, was telephoning his publishing company, was like letting them know all of the big news, which he was had enough forethought to make sure that he and Amelia could get away and hide from the reporters mm-hmm. before they showed up at his door. 
And then they were married until her disappearance, which I don't know. I think we'll come back to whether or not we think it was love or not. But after her disappearance, um, he, so <laughs> George Putnam had four wives total throughout the course of his life. Did you know? Have we mentioned this yet? And the, so the first one was Dorothy, who had an affair with the South American 19 years or younger. We don't really blame him for divorcing her. The second was Amelia, 10 years his younger. Okay, so his first wife, she was a year younger than him. Mm-hmm. Second wife, 10 years younger than him. Third wife? His third wife. Maddie, would you like to tell them? 24 years. Could you imagine Yeah. being 24 and your spouse is just popping out of the womb? And you're like, I love that person. I'm going to marry them one day. Not saying she's a gold digger, but he ain't, she ain't de- dealing with no broke person. Yeah, and the he married her the same year that Amelia was like officially pronounced dead. Rebound much? Yeah. So the his the name of his third wife was Jean Marie Cosney, and exactly pronounced like that. Yeah. So they were married for six years. And then the same year that they divorced, he married another woman, um, Margaret Haviland. And we don't really know anything about her. I couldn't find her birthday anywhere. So I saw, we found a picture and it looks like she's like around the same age as him. Probably younger, but like not 24. Suspiciously Yeah, so. not suspiciously so. So pretty crazy, his love life. And then also um, another note that I wanted to discuss before we get into whether or not we think it was love or not or publicity stunt was just the letter that she wrote, Amelia wrote to George on the day that they got married. And the beginning of it says, there are some things which should be writ before we are married. You must know again my reluctance to marry, my feeling that I shatter thereby chances in work which means most to me. Dot, dot, dot. I want you to understand that shall not hold you to any medieval code of faithfulness, nor shall I consider myself bound to you similarly. Dot, dot, dot. Please let us not interfere with the other's work or play, and I will try to do my best in every way and give you that part of me you know and seem to want. So, what does she mean by play? Yeah, first of all, what does she mean by play? Because if someone said that today, it very much sounds like an open marriage. Like, you can go play with whoever you want. Yeah. Which, for a man like George, may have been a solution, I guess. But also find a better man. Maybe. Like, if you don't think he's going to be loyal, don't just be okay. I mean, I guess in the, like, in today's A and age, I think it's more considered it's fine to have an open relationship. But I feel like also once you get married to one person, there's still kind of a, you don't go around and play with other Other people. people. (laughs) Right. And well, like, also, it could just be like the con, like the times could be influencing the word play there and just mean like, Anything that wasn't work. Yeah. Like. But also, don't you. I don't know. Being married to somebody, like, they. A marriage is such a commitment. And, like, if you don't want someone involved in your life that much, why are you getting married to them in the first place? Like, what's different than just this being now a business deal compared to them having an official title of being married? Yeah. 
Right. And, like, that's the thing. I feel like Amelia and George worked really well as a, like, business partnership. Both of them profited by having the other one. Mm -hmm. Like, George Putnam instructed her on how to, like, have a good public figure. He was like, oh, talk loud into microphones, wear this, don't smile like this. Like, all those, like, things to, like make the public like her better, like, even taking photos of her that were, like, similar to Charles Lindbergh just to, like, boost her public publicity, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, like, when she was starting off for her equatorial flight, her flight around the equator, he was, like, uncomfortable with it and, like, was worried that she would, like, not be okay, which was the case. But she was very nonchalant of, like, We'll do it together someday, honey. It'll be fine. So, like, you can, like, kind of see some aspects of their marriage relationship that does seem very, I don't know, traditional or, like, not Mm -hmm. just a business partnership. But I feel like the bit in her letter to him on their wedding day of, like, I will try to give you the part of me that you want is just, like kind of uncomfortable in the whole yeah. in light of their age difference too of mm-hmm. like like I, I know you just want this part of me so I'll give it to you but like the rest of me I guess is kind of for myself or whoever and like you can have this part of me but yeah like if you don't want a full person don't get married to that person yeah I don't know <laughs> I think I guess I just have a subjective viewpoint coming from like my own experiences of like why I would want to get married mm-hmm. but I still think it's a, still a little bit strange, you know? Yeah, for sure. And um, I think her friends kind of felt the same way. Like, one of her friends was like, I would rather see you hook up with Genghis Khan than Mary Putnam, which is like, ooh, burn. Um, and then another one was like, he's the dullest man I have ever met. And But her friends also said that like, they never saw Amelia light up the same way with anybody else, just, like, in talking to him or mm-hmm. looking at him and stuff. So I think there were, like, probably genuine feelings, but... Not if, in all the right places. Yeah, not necessarily in all the right places. Do you think that it was, like, a... He's, like, 10 years older than her. She is, like, or overwhelmed with his, like, force of personality and age and just general man that she was like willing to marry him for that i don't think necessarily just because of other facets in her life like if she declined his proposal like how many five yeah like if we're accepting that number to be true yeah and has like some of the ideologies that she's presented before i don't necessarily think that she personally would be feeling overpowered yeah and she did have that one quote where she was told reporters like if I if there was the right person, I would marry them tomorrow. Like I'm Yeah. So I guess yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Well, that's basically all like we had to say about the relationship. We just wanted I just wanted to discuss it with another person. I think it was like interesting the fact that she married it all and that the person that she married was like willing to let her do these dangerous like around the world flights like Mm -hmm. across the pacific ocean and atlantic was um later ones that she did and of course the around the world one that she got lost or who knows we'll discuss that later but 
Was there a conspiracy that he was involved in this at all, or? Funnily enough, no. See, I, the fact that he, like, married so soon after she was legally declared dead, maybe he just didn't know how to be alone when you've, like, mm-hmm. been married for, like, that long. Or maybe we're know. just the first people to think about this. Maybe. We are entrepreneurs. That's not the correct word. Yeah. And um, First thinkers. I guess that concludes our mini episode on Amelia and Putnam or Ooh. Potiphar, a.k.a. Potiphar, as Maddie likes to call him. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you all stay well, stay safe in, this, in these uncertain times. Bye! Bye. Love you! I love you!